listen, it's just awesome. We have had the banter, plenty of chat. Actually, there's a lot to talk about today. Um, so much is in the news. It's depending on what you're listening to, but there's just been a lot of goings on. So we will definitely get to all those things. The Black History Spotlight Mental Health Insight, unless I'm terribly mistaken, it's been a very busy week, but um, Pinky has much to tell us, as does Kerry. <laughs> We're looking into the mental health of this young lady, this teen mother. Hold on. Let me um, share the screen here as we do. We're looking at the um, this teen mother. If you look and see, my, uh, see the screen. Yes. Uh, the teen mother who left her baby to starve whilst at a pipe. It was on the news. But what we're going to do is we're going to look behind the scenes, another perspective. Because as you know, the media always wants to do for, um, for views, so to speak. But what's really going on the behind the scenes with that young lady? Uh, our featured guest is none other than our very own Adrian Ashby from Police Officer to private investigator and more. Uh, we have games as usual, quiz, phonics. So Cahoots is the general quiz. And then we've got the games, charades, guang fair, truth or dare, whichever game we decide upon, if it was charades or whatever, the winner gets an, uh, uh, a night on the town, okay? And um, obviously others will be invited to join. I think that'll be an awesome evening. Uh, now that lockdown is, I don't even know what the rules are of lockdown. I don't care, but we can go out. That's all I know. And that's, that's what I care about. And then we have the, uh, do we have a guest DJ? Jemmy P is the man in charge. If we do, wonderful. If we don't, we're going to be the DJ. Can we have some tune that we can play? And we'll be listening to your selection. Round about one o'clock, we're not a minute proud. And uh, we will conclude, but it could be two, could be three, depending on how sweet the music is. And of course, by the way, let's have a drink. <laughs> it's the beginning of the week <laughs> or the end of. Let's have a drink as we begin the weekend. Yes, we could say it's the beginning of the week. Fingers up. Joseph, my junk already. Oh, you're now already good. You got a good head start over me, mate. I'm going to catch you up. Not too far behind. So, um, Winner, not of course, no, no t shirt. It's a night on the town. Night on town for winner of um, of um, charades. Yeah, there you are. Look at that, ladies. I can type. Nah, 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 nah. Hey, Joe, does that mean I can make some really hard charades then? Um, we well, can do what you want, make people work for it. <laughs> Let's do our sponsors real quick. Uh, before we uh, we forget them, let me um, see if we can bring that up. Guys, we have to get these sponsor things sorted out. Our sponsors are slow coming back. Uh, we give them so much good business, it's ridiculous. Uh, but let's just go and run through the regulars. We have Touch of Elegance. We have my trendline breakout strategy. Kaz, where's Kaz today? She's owed the consultation. I did remind her last week. She wasn't well with COVID, but uh, that is due. And um, we have the coronavirus comedy special. But as you can see, we have the Shamps and Giggles t-shirt. I'm wearing it if I'm in the spotlight. There you are. There you are. So Shamps and Giggles t-shirts are available. Place your order. Simply send Spice a message 
and Spice will be able to sort that out for you. Nine-Nine Cosmetics, handmade lip gloss, lip balms, lip scrubs, and other things, then just visit the website, very simple things. One-Stop Fruit and Veg, we are trying to get him to come on the show and explain about this uh, business that delivers uh, the, the good food provisions to uh, your doorstep. Let's find out how far and wide he goes. Chloe Boy's insurance specialist, uh, dealing in life insurance, critical illness cover, so on and so forth. Detox, lose weight, reduce bloating. And uh, that's really good stuff, giving the body a cleanse. We are of that age. We need cleansing. D Naturals, inspire to empower. She runs a natural hair workshop to inspire and empower women of all ages to embrace self. Rudy Liquid, man of the moment, keeping it real. Uh, the chat show that runs each week. Uh, mind over matter. Suicide prevention and awareness. Mental health nonprofit. As we know, mental health has been in the news uh, quite frequently. And tonight, we have intelligence service investigations. Our private investigator, who will be talking the things Round about 9.15, round about a minute too proud and whatnot. Um, Jemmy P does the, oh, where's he gone? Okay, Jemmy P does the stars, as you know, and rawness uncovered. Um, show. Show, yes, we do need to update this thing, guys. <laughs> we have to get on that. Africa trends, given the pillowcases and the quilts and all of these things. Actually, that's another one. We're going to have to get her on our show as well. Because what inspired her to go to this level of creativity and, uh, you know, be able to produce all these things. It's just awesome. So there we are. We've done our dues. Uh, we've, um, how do you stop the share? We, hmm? Yeah, we've done, we've paid our dues, paid our respects in every way. And uh, yes, Claire, aka Miss Sexy Glasses, it was. Oh, that's Jemmy P. Ooh, what was that? That was a very evil laugh, Jamie. Yes, it was, Jamie. <laughs> Good of you to uh, um, uh, notice that, Claire. <laughs> oh, computer's frozen. <laughs> Do you know, it's always times like this, my mouse just went dead. Look, the battery's done. Can you see it? Foolishness, and it? It's always times like these when foolishness like that would have to happen. I mean, how much do you have to check things before you can even start doing what you're doing so let's um having gone through all of that now it's quite interesting to know that um dion is in the building let's see where dion is okay uh oh look i'm gonna go to gallery view so this is just all the key rags errol the ceo is with us net zach hey hey Netzak, I believe, uh, was with us on the cookout. Pinky, tell me if I'm lying. Hold on a minute. Let me just allow you guys. Oh, let Pinky talk. Netzak is our blogger. She's the lady that spreads Pinky, the I'm word. Pinky, I'm here to talk. Just you, Pink. Go on. Talk then. G. Yes. G. Are you on the scene? Who's G? She can't hear you. She's muted. She's muted. Yeah, you're mute yourself. Oh, there she's, she is. She's actually done the Bebop production, has actually done a really wonderful um, 
Netzach You has guys done... are going to really love it. You really oh, are. Hold on. Hold on. I, I had a little preview. Um, Netzach. Eshe. Uh, Spice. Miss uh-huh. Leisha. Uh-huh. And Joseph. Ooh. And Cynthia. Ooh. Um, Netzach, you can unmute. And Julie Juice. Julie was oh. lovely. Thanks. Can you just not stop? Can you stop giving away all the information about the surprise? <laughs> okay, sorry. Hold on, hold on, wait. Shimon, biggie. They got me up, biggie. Wait, what's the surprise and how are we going to get this surprise? Hi, Joe. Well, I don't even know. Okay, so um, I finished editing at last. I finished editing the video of. How long did that take? Um, spot in Hyde Park. Um, I don't know how to get it to you. I was going to upload it onto YouTube, maybe. And then maybe you could watch it. We could all watch it from there. I don't know how. Is it on YouTube now? No, no. It's just it's just rendering. It's still I, oh, it's I just have a little audio error. So I just had to fix that quickly now. And I'm rendering it again. How much? Uh, how long is it? It's about 10 minutes. It's not very minutes. long. I did make it quite short. So um, we could I'll do tell that. you exactly how long. Okay, that's brilliant. Yeah, so um, I would say you 14 minutes. 14 minutes. Could we make you, um, if we made you, um, yeah, you could upload it on YouTube and then we could um, put it on the, on the, yeah. I should just share a screen and then. Or you could share, you if it's, is it available now? You can share your screen because you're co-host. No, it's not available now. It'll be available in one and a half hours. Right, that is really rendering. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay. One and a half hours. Okay. Maybe 10, 15, 10, 30. You can play, yeah, play after cahoots. Maybe. Well, let's see how the evening goes. Let's see how the evening goes. But there could be um, a genuine surprise then because uh, I don't know what she filmed, how we was looking because everybody was there on little. Did Joseph little get hit with a pan? Huh? Did Joseph get hit with a pan? You all look beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. My mouse isn't working. Oh, this is so foolish. Okay, so that's a nice surprise. Okay, so it's um, let's start the thing a little bit. Let me just bring Kerry over here, so we can. Where's Kerry? I think she's there. I'm here. Okay. okay. And then what we're able to do is um, you both are you both spotlighted? So um, remember, let me just. See. Let's just give a little bit of a um, backdrop to the situation here. So this was on the news this week, and um, it was um, quite alarming the way that the media portrayed this situation. Um, right? Can you not see the screen? I can see it. Yes. It, it says, mum who left... Ba-. I'm not going to play the video. There's a video there. It says, mum who left baby to starve to death to go on a six-day party for her 18th birthday is jailed, okay? Sounds terrible um, and a whole nine yards. And apparently the video here, um, I'm not going to play it because it's, it's just too foolish to me. For me, it's, it's not. Um, but there's, there's a time discrepancy with the uh, video. My light just went blink. I don't know why. So I'm just going to put the, that light. The, the dates right. are inconsistent. 
He was inconsistent, isn't it? So we're going to talk to things. Kerry and Pinky have looked into this situation. So um, let's let's spotlight them. Can we spotlight Kerry and Pinky? There you are. Well, we we actually were actually just going to get a little bit of a demonstration of where your thoughts are and your heads are, really, actually. Whose heads? All of you. Because we, we thought we would ask you what you thought about it and then we were going to put another spin on it because this is what the people in the community <laughs> are feeling. They're seeing a story and you're hearing the response is very, very negative towards this young girl. And she was a teenager. Let's get that right. Okay? Teenager. Right. Not an adult, but a teenager. And so when people are saying nasty, horrible things... They're not looking at how did it happen, okay? Mm. And who is responsible? So as a teenager, I'm going to lay it out here first. You'll see her, oh, nightclubbing, you think she's an adult, you think she's okay. But as a teenager, she was already troubled. They'd already diagnosed her with PTSD. Hold on, so uh, this is a bit of her background story, where she came from and so on and so forth. So... What, what is her background? Right, so, so she is, for me, she was a young 14-year-old girl, is what the headlines were, 14-year-old girl. Now, this part they don't tell you. She went missing. So right. she went missing for a few years. That's what this, how the media is portraying it, okay? People say, oh, she went, run, she went, she ran away. I would assume that any child at 14 years old that's missing, there should be a safeguarding element there, it should be social right. servers looking into it there. And how did she go missing? The father reports that she went missing. But whether or not she was with the mother, we don't know. But then it says that the lady, uh, the, the young girl, sorry, teenager, um, that she was exploited. That's another issue. So we've got it's running away from home. We've got exploitation. We've now she's also diagnosed with a PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. So you've got all those three things going on here. This post-traumatic stress disorder, let's call it, um, if an adult can't comprehend it, we don't know what a child should be able to comprehend it. You know, well, because, hold on. She was left in a supported housing block. What does that mean? Right. Well, she, what she was in, apparently there's two different stories to this. I looked into this home that she was in and it's a care. It's it's supposed to be kind of like a mother and baby unit, right? Um, but it's a little bit conflicting because one minute they said she moved in with her mum, the next minute she was in mother, baby and mother unit. So I'd say they said it was unmonitored, and the fact that it was unmonitored, she had a, she was meant to have a key worker. Yeah, but hold on, unmonitored. It also says that there was CCTV covering her home. That's monitored, isn't it? For me, there's if it's, if you're in a unit, I saw another case relating to a good outcome, saying how wonderful this place was and that they've got support. This lady, this little girl, sorry, I'm not going to call her a lady because at the time she wasn't a lady, she was a child, a young lady, mm. okay? Because mm. this is what I want you to take your minds back into the eye of, of child, children. She's suffering from post-traumatic stress. That's flashbacks, triggers, and disassociation from whatever's going on. Plunging her mm. life 
into a whole different world from what you can see. You see a normal person. She's just in a world of... I, she can't bond with anyone. She's already mm. ran away. Something happened to that young gal when she mm. went missing, but nobody's saying where were they. Where it's was quite interesting. Reports? Pinky, what was your views? Well, <clears throat> my view on the whole thing is, is that what I think is important was that she, as a young girl, had a protection order, which in she had what we called a, a social service plan. The child itself was the one who had a protection order from the day the child was born. So my thing is, is if, the, if she had a protection order, mm. okay, and even in the supported housing, as you see what you've just shown there, you, show, you, you see her leaving. If mm. somebody's left the supported housing, they've got a baby, how do you leave there without alerting or thinking, well, she hasn't gone out with a child? Right. Yeah? Yeah. And then all those days in between, nobody, somebody must have heard that child crying. Right. I know that they've said on, like, TikTok and places like that, oh, the child was so weak, it couldn't cry. That's a lie. The child would have cried in the first at least 24 hours. Yeah, I hear my neighbour's child crying all the time. Right. Uh -uh. So in... And, and, and the crying would not be... There's two different types of crying for children. There's a piercing crying mm. and there's a normal cry. When mm. a child cries piercingly, you yourself can't sit there and listen to it. It's very disturbing. But yeah. it's, a con, it's like a continuous, but it's a, it's a high-pitched tone. Mm. So I'm saying to myself, where were the people? Oh. But funny, having said that, I had a... I had worked with somebody who's on our platform today and I had a little bit more inside story. And the inside story that I had was that her mum her mom and her sister were supporting her, okay? Mm. Maybe in the first couple of months. But when I think she had that placement outside of London all the way in Brighton, mm. I think that's where you get the disconnection. She was no far connection, away. Yeah, too far. No connection with, you no, know, why was her she so far? Social services moved her so far. So they moved her. Absolutely. But they moved and the her thing about protection. Brighton, you, Brighton is very much aware of London, i.e. all the drug addicts go up to Brighton for rehab. So when you've got black people or white people going up to Brighton, the community there doesn't upset them. You're on the outside. You're trouble. Mm -hmm. I've seen it in action. Mm -hmm. They do not um, embrace you. Like London, you London. anybody coming into London, um, they're more embraced than if you're out in the country there because they usually know who's who. But they know when you're a Londoner. Mm. And they really, they're very anti you because they see London as coming up there and causing pollution to their town. So she would have been, as a black girl, she would have been totally cut off. So Kerry, Kerry, what, how do you think that impacted her then, being in Brighton? Well, first of all, I think she had a bonding issue with, I mean, she looks adorable with her, with, with her child. I mean, such a beautiful picture. They dressed alike. Such a beautiful picture. But I, I'm going back to her, her state of mind. 
very difficult for her to bond with that baby anyway. Mm. Um, because, you know, she's had a lot of rejection. She's had a lot of abandonment. She's gone missing and nobody wants to actually involve, where did she go? Where That's mm. the key element. What happened to her in between? Because if they're talking about exploiting, this is a young child. That's right. then getting pregnant at, was it, near enough her 16th birthday? She ends up mm. getting pregnant. Now, I remember myself at 16 years old, pregnant, holding a baby near enough 17. I didn't know what to do with it. No, of course not, because you're a baby I yourself. Right. So I did what pretty much what this young girl did, and I was out. Anytime I could get a babysitter, I was out. I'd had right. no... Because you're running when, away from the drama. When my child was ill... I'd rather have uh, left him in the hospital. And I went out. I left him in the hospital. Ah, somebody else will look after him. And I went out. So it makes Run me think him. that this, this young girl may have made arrangements in-house for someone to watch the child. Something could have happened and, 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 or some kind of mix of communication. And so she was so confident to go out. It didn't look like somebody was packed for five days. She went out. Mm. But she, when she came out in that video, she... Those dates don't coincide, they're months apart, and if you look in the right-hand, left-hand corner. So I feel there's a little bit of underhanded tactics going on here. Well, hold, hold one minute, because it actually says that it wasn't the first time the child had been left alone. There 11, were many times. Yeah, according Seven, to... Seven, eight, ten, eleven times. Di the different kinds of... Me um, the different papers, they all say different things, right? So... One story says one thing, another story says another. It, according to them, there was an issue of 11 times. The thing is, if there's an issue of one time with a child, there's a safeguarding issue. Safeguarding Living. issue, that means you better have police involvement, uh, social service, whoever's her workers, her key workers, the baby is on an alert. Now, bearing in mind she was a young teen herself, she too mm. has an order on her safeguarding element on her one because she's got mental health and is considered right. vulnerable and again she's more extra vulnerable because they already told you the story of what's happened to her so right. she should have been getting treatment and some help but what they did is they took her 50 well 150 miles away put her over um miles away from her any yeah, kind of support right. work, which then cuts off her mother cuts off any of those parts as well because again if other people are babysitting with for her. She's not going to bond with that child. And if she's having traumatic um, trauma, rejection, remember there's a boyfriend as well. So she, we don't right. know how she's being controlled. And you're So very... she has no network right. where she is in Brighton. Oh, so if she so... wants to go out, she can't leave the baby with her sister. She can't leave the baby with her mother. She doesn't know what to do. She's young, hasn't got much of a brain. So she's like, I'll just go. She might know. I, I want you to look that there might be in another situation. Somebody is responsible in-house for that young child because they're both children, okay? Oh. And so they're both children. They're both under social services. Right. This is the responsibility. Now, I, there's a paragraph that the judge threw in here, and I hated every minute of it. And the judge, um, he turned around and says, there was a helpless child. I've changed it, okay? There was right. helpless... They were helpless children, okay? Right. And it says... Um, and the child relied on completely 
you. That's what the judge do, blaming her. Well, she was also a child. So therefore the child relied on the system. Right. Okay. But they don't blame the system. To provide, (laughs) hold on, but it's in black and white, to provide the needs of both children. That's why she was in that unit, mother and baby unit. So they're what they're doing is they're blaming her. They're also saying that she, she did, she had, um, she was incoherent, right? Mm. All right. Now that's a big issue because it means right. someone's just frozen up. Right. They're frozen up. They're distraught. They're distressed. They're disreveled. You're not going to get anything from it. Now there are other scenarios going to say that maybe she had um. I've seen one of those. Um, I've seen one of those units where um, young mothers, because I remember the boiler packed up, gas engineer, and I was sent to the this this building, and there's a lot of young mothers, and there were care workers in there, and what they said to me is that these girls are trouble, and they said like the 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 children, little babies, sometimes these girls would watch TV like East Enders, the the babies screaming down the hall these girls they're teenagers would watch tv and be like oh shut up and they'll be watching the tv it's hard to bond with a baby when you've not got that nurturing yourself you've not had it yourself and we Mm. don't know all the background but judging by father who's only said a few words my daughter went missing at 14 years old and what what is missing case disappeared and this is where she's been exploited so she could have been raped she could have been trafficked she could have been prostituted out she, anything could have happened to this girl you know mm-hmm. so she's not just she's dealing with what adults deal with i mean i'm an adult for crying out loud and i suffer still with flashbacks with trauma mm-hmm. with all of that story that you're hearing about this young girl you know right. there's so much guilt you know and i've had to do a lot of work but there was times where i don't care in, in the bottle of the drink, disassociate from the world. What could That's you, right, you just cut off. You just cut Pinky, off. What, what was your view here? Because this was, uh, Dean Natural says she used to work on those things. Yeah, well, people. it would be really interesting Someone to Someone should actually, have been there. It would be interesting to actually hear what Dean Natural has to say in terms of her experience of working in one, in terms of the support that should have been given to this Someone young girl. Someone should have been there. That, that, that didn't have any support. That's my only thing about this is that I just feel that, you know, as black people, we've read a story and we're all we all jump down and not really listen to things or look at things clearly, because I just feel that that's what the media want us to do. Everybody's attacking her. Yeah. Mm. But we as ourselves, we're seeing it completely different and we can clearly understand that. That's how they wanted us to behave, Joseph. They right. want us to behave <laughs> in that fashion where right. we're always pulling down each right. other and tearing each other apart. Right. We was looking at this week and all the news, just pure negative, 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 negative stuff. So it was really good when this was brought up because here was a negative story in the media. When you peel back the onion you realise that, hang on a minute, there's stuff going on behind these layers. It's not what they're making it out to. This girl didn't just deliberately, and I use that word, you know what I mean, with reasonableness. She yeah. didn't just deliberately leave the child behind. She she was suffering 
That's all. If, if you if you absolutely if you're gonna project that that CCTV came from somewhere, so they relied mm. on the CCTV. But what they projected out to us was false dates. They are months apart. So if seven look, months. They are months apart from each other. You see her going out. You see her coming in with a bag. Different. She didn't go out with a bag, but she came mm -hmm. in with a bag. Okay. So when you're projecting actual footage. Where's the rest of the footage then of anybody else that's coming in, in within ah. that amount of time frame? You know, where is the footage on her door going, bringing in the baby at any time? Yeah, but I, where, I where is the people? A, if it's been seven times, where's the people? Sorry, in I know those that times. she might have left her child, okay, but she might have arranged a sitter. Because that's how support people then. Well, there was other people in the building, so there's other people in the building. Somebody should have heard the child. There's key workers, isn't there, for other children? And how come in there? So, Jeremy's trying to say something? How come none of that got pointed out? Hold on, Jeremy, we'll talk, talk the things. One, two, yeah. You know, you know the thing that that, that really I'm going to just say it the way is the thing that really pisses me off that the, the judge thought the best solution was to do was to just totally. <laughs> disembody the family, yeah? Because we don't know about the dad, but right now, you've put the mum in, in jail, yeah? The child has gone to social services. There must have been a better option because, as, as we all know, the young lady was on social services radar from day dot. Yeah! So if this young lady now has a child, the young lady, who they know is still a teenager or a child, right. needs supervision. And the right. child needs supervision. That's what I'm so, saying. But nowhere, nowhere, now? all week, did you hear anything, anything about that? Nah. Nothing. And that's important. When when it was a safeguarding referral before where it was stated that she left her baby alone before, that mm. then should have been a trigger factor and a raised point at that point. So the fact that they've admitted somewhere in along there's 11 times but you don't see the camera 11 times right they're right. telling me there's a failure a failure in house of there's the still, system there's in in, in that, and, in and that guys remember we have somebody she's not here tonight and that's debbie who works in um what was the yes. yeah yeah where, where do you see debbie on a friday night she's at work but if one of those people don't come in she knows there's procedure if you know, right. okay, her particular ah, place yeah. might be a little bit different, right. yeah, but it, it's still there is a procedure for these places. Yeah, right. you can't say, oh, this this young lady who now has a child has has gone out on the child seven times, right? But yet you're you're waiting now for something to happen to put her on the news. Right. What happened to time one, time two, time three? There should have been somebody. Somebody's not doing their job. That's anyway, right. Thank got you. Hand up. Let me go. Right. Talk. The things, Jeremy. D Naturals, you got something to say? There's so many questions. Oh, can you say something? You've got four, uh, You need to unmute if you can. D Intelligence, TMJ, Miss Lee. Hi. Oh, there you are. Yeah, so um, there's a feedback. That's with um, Jeremy, turn off your mic. Right, so I used to work in one of these units for a few good few years because I've been working in children's services for 29 years. Mm. She would have been on the child protection register and her child would have been on child child protection right, register. Right. They should have been key workers that would be appointed right. to her and her child. Right. Okay. And they would have been watching her, especially with the history of her being um coming in, coming out and not coming home and stuff. They would have had somebody to make sure that they would have had it on the board. The fact they had a video on her door 
Do you understand? Yeah, right, it doesn't that say something? Worth because in, in my day they didn't have that technology. We would have to check the door. We have we would have to engage with them daily, take them shopping, mm. do things with them, support them. Mm. And the fact that I um they haven't given responsibility, the courts didn't put the responsibility on the social services is disgraceful. Yeah, they right. are the ones that right. are I think now we're getting to it. Okay. They are the ones that are responsible for what's happened because she's still a child, Isn't okay? It? And they didn't do the due care because we all got a due care for the children that we the key work and look after and they didn't put that in place. This is what I'm hearing. Exactly. You know? And this is what's not happened. And they failed her and her child. They okay? failed her. They Talk the TMJ, you got to understand, not her. Isn't it? TMJ, can you unmute? Yes, you can. Go on, TMJ. You can unmute now. Okay, so I just want to put some balance onto this stuff. Where we can't get social services establishments confused with supporting housing. Two different things. Okay. Different legislations. Right. Right. No, I work in supported housing right now. Right. So whenever talk, we what, have whenever we have individuals that go missing. Mm. Or we have a 24-hour policy in our place. If we don't see somebody, my, our place is not the same. Um, we don't have children. Ours is for individuals from the ages of 19 to 59. Right. If we do not see somebody within a 24-hour period, mm. we call them. If we call them and we don't get hold of them, right. we then call their next of kin. If their next of kin can't give any, can't account for them, we then report them as a missing person to the police. Right. This is what the police say to us, and this is what I need you guys to hear. The police turn around and tell us, are they an adult? Yes. Are they free to go and come and say please? Yes. Then we are not going to be called, we are not going to see them as missing. Yeah, They're but hold free on. to go and come as they please. But in now, this case... Now, the point is, this well, young lady, although she had legal uh, legal walls on her she was placed in a supported housing establishment which has none of those jurisdictions it was a mother and baby unit it's different tmj because it's a mother and baby unit so it's about the child and, and they, the they have welfare. to make sure the child and what they do is they stay there until they go into their ready into a permanent accommodation yeah okay. yeah sleepovers actually sleep over on site okay so that, that, that does fall that does fall more into debbie's remit supported, a supported housing establishment or supported housing is very different from staying a mother and baby unit it's completely different right but the thing is so as a mother and baby so the checks that you've mentioned miss Lisa, we're coming to you the checks that you just mentioned tmj if you call the police and they say is it an adult is she allowed to come and go yes yes but there should be the question of, is there a child involved? No, but this is, this is what I'm saying. This part of it, understood, completely different. But also I wanted to say the CCTVs cannot be in the rooms. The CCTV only it's, can be in communal areas. It's outside the door. So yeah, and I do, and I do take Kerry's point. What they she would have done, I would I believe in that because I have worked in those establishments before, done the sleepovers, done all of that. Mm. Then she a would have, have been made arrangements for someone to oversee her child. Hundred yeah. percent. Right. She would have done the that. Keyworker she'd have picked up that she hasn't been home for how many days. What about we haven't seen 
whatever her name is, we right. need to check on her. They've normally got keys as well. They yeah, but the other side, the other side I want to get to, well, the other side I want to get to, which is a feature of residential workers, is the poor pay that they pay the workers, Whoa. the right. poor pay, the poor skills, yeah. the right. poor support. Right. All of it is so substandard that they yeah, just because have it's any, all poor. No, let me finish. Let me finish. They have people who are not even skilled necessarily to do the jobs they're not yes. the social workers the yes. social worker has the overarching responsibility some the of them key workers do. are there to flag up things so they're, they're almost like the eyes and the and the arms of the social workers but the responsibility yes. and the legal legal actions lies with the social workers yeah so yes. you've got these people who have not paid the right amount of money possibly don't have the right skills i'm not saying all because some of them are very well skilled right but it's just there's a lot of stuff going on people work pay they work some seven eight pounds an hour to do the work that they do and the level of responsibility that they have is yeah, but hold on tim j there is a lot of people that do in that in do get low pay but they are dedicated to doing the work because they want to, because they care. But one of the things that is missing here, when you're working with young people, and especially in their children, especially in the mother and baby's home, you have to do reports every day. You have to fill out the paper. I go to out the day. So why was this missed? Why was it missed that she hasn't been at home? Why was it there no parents on this every day? But this is why I'm saying, sorry, Josie. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Miss Leisha, come in, come in, Adi. You can unmute. I made you host already. So I want to hear what TMJ is going to say before I said something. Go on. Oh, go on in, well, well, all I was trying to say is, but this is one of the reasons why at that level, you need people that have the responsibility to do the right thing. Having a good heart, having the willingness, being dedicated is one thing. But at the end of the day, if the work that you're writing down is not being reviewed properly, because we don't know whether the workers wrote it all down and whether it was being reviewed or not. Yeah, that's true. There's so many areas in this that we can't but understand. But there's processes, Donald. Oh, no, Joseph. There is processes. When you come in in the morning, you need to write a report. You need to write a report in the and You need to write a report at the end of the night. And there should, there's processes. So if these sounds like these staff didn't follow processes they didn't they didn't check in on the girl they didn't do what they were supposed to do there is processes procedures in place to make sure that we have due care for these children and it sounds like these staff didn't do their jobs right you're right wait 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 wait, we don't know at what level they didn't do their jobs we don't know whether the report where the people did not write the report we're passionate Joseph, I know we all are. So, so you need to let me finish your point. Order, 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 order. Let TMJ finish, please. Thank you. What I'm saying is, we don't know at what level. I'm, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm frustrated because I see things. I report it. I flag it up to management. They push it to one side, or some of them flag up things that I think. Well, what's that about? And they make an issue about that. Listen, let me tell you, it's a minefield. It, it is, is a minefield. We know, but hold on. The right first of all, the right places and the right check. It's not the little girl's fault that social services are not doing their job properly. First 100%. of all, let's bring in to me. And the establishment and that she was SJ, in. And we got she was in an establishment a, that wasn't in their job. Can we not try and talk over each other? 
Let's not talk over each other. Yeah, right. So we let's just mute everyone for a minute because we we are all passionate and we all want to say a little piece, right? Joseph, it's not just social services; it's the establishment that she was in as well that reports to social okay, services. Okay, let, 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 let somebody else have a little. Right, Miss Leisha, say your piece now. Sorry, my thing is what really annoyed me about this story mm. is the way they portrayed the young girl and right. the child. That's number one. Number two, there's all these different bodies. We're talking legally. I'm, I'm just wondering where the human side comes to this. Mm. Where you are in um, a hostile sort of environment and there's a child who's left, who's hungry by itself, and that child, as Pinky said, will be screaming. Mm. Because it's hungry, it's on its own, it's, it, it's frightened, um, it's hurting. Um, where was the human instinct to say something's not right and it sounds as though things were so wrong that they're blowing smoke towards this child this girl right they're blowing the smoke right. where the fire away from the fire right it lies from within that establishment right okay because the way they release the think the, the newspapers and the, the media have these these captions of this girl walking in and walking out different time zones. She's out partying. And I thought, what? how would they get that? And why would they show her partying like that? I mean, they couldn't even show her coming in and out with the child right. at one point. You know, she had a dress on there, but when she came for the door, she had trousers and a shirt. That's what I thought. I thought, one moment, so when she get changed? Right. I, I, nothing made sense. So she had a book. She went with her boyfriend. Was it her boyfriend's child? Who? How did this happen? How did the child just get left alone? And nobody, absolutely nobody knew. Jeez. It just, it right. just didn't make sense. And and I personally, I didn't want to get involved in all the talk that the news was saying or anything like that because it's something deeper. And they're 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 making this girl. They're putting this girl's face. And unfortunately, she's a black young, she's only just turned 18, 19 years old. Right. right. And all of a sudden now she's being trialed as an adult. And right. in actual fact, she was still a child looking after a child. I think right. it's grossly unfair and it should go back to trial again because we, something we could went do, wrong We could there. do a campaign. Yeah. No. yeah, there needs to be a campaign. It's really upsetting. It, it upset me because I just completely disagreed the way they... they it said her name in the newspaper. They splattered mm. her, her parents, everything. Right. You're like, right. why is this? Right, because they're poor. Let's just bring in um, um, Eshe uh, real quick. Because they're poor, we're going to talk about this. Intelligence has got his hand up as well, is... Joseph. He's yeah, I'm trying to get for all the hands. Time. Look, Jemmy's hand's back up. Jemmy's hand, and we've got Adrian's hand up. I'm trying to get for everyone. So go on, Eshe, come in. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, um, because if we can get this information on her to find that there's been discrepancies, how is her case going to be overturned? The right. way how she's been portrayed is that she was a responsible adult and, you know, neglected her child and that um, the black female, quote unquote, or mm. black woman, who's not a mm. woman, um, is unfit to be a mother. Right. Now, that's the message that they're sending out. It comes mm. back to, remember, earlier, a um, few weeks back, and there was saying about um, black women are four or five times more likely to die in childbirth than our white counterparts. Right. And um, 
they wanted to make it mandatory that at 39 weeks they would induce black women yeah right yeah now yeah. when they paint pictures like this and and have this narrative against us in terms of us having families yeah mm. then they would then you know use these to build that negative picture against us to say oh if you've got mental health problems or if this has been ongoing for how long, then, you know, they would sterilize you. They would do this to you. They would induce you. You know what I mean? Do you understand right. that they're building the picture of us? It's the and profile. It is, yes. It is up to us to get ourselves involved. Look how long it took for Stephen Lawrence for the case to be. Right. Um, right. To be involved. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. It's a time. It, it, it takes time. It takes time, discipline and patience to, um, be you know oh, oh. to be consistent with I it's a slow it's a slow genocide of the black family yes it's basically we have a different point of view in the chat we don't have to be her biological family yeah we're family and those who have got the expertise and the skill, anytime we see something like this and, and the red flags are up there for us to see and hear, um, then, you know, something needs to be done about it. Right. Well well said, Eshe. Um, um, Adrian, Adrian, I can't... You, your hand's up. You've been, it's been up for a while. I can't spotlight you if, you're, um, if your camera's off. Uh, Denise, I, we'll come to Denise's point in a minute, Okay. We'll come to Denise's point in a minute. Where, where's Adrian? Your hands I'm coming, up. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Um, so what we see, and look how easily, when you just stop to peel back down, you look how easily you can really see that they didn't want to focus on the system. They focused entirely on the mother, who clearly, clearly had problems. Go on then, Adrian, come in. Yeah. Um, first of all, what I want to say is that Everybody's uh, comments this evening about this case, um, Kerry and Pinky and everybody else has been uh, spot on. The one thing, I guess, uh, because of the nature of the work that I do, I tend to look at other things other than what people have said um, tonight. Now, I feel that the sentence of nine years that they've given her is um, extraordinarily harsh. And the reason that sentence is harsh is because everything that everybody has said tonight has been missing from the trial. So, exactly. for argument's sake, had they known that she suffered with PTSD, that would have had, uh, you know, a, a bearing on the case. Uh, semantics of whether at the time of the offence was she a child, but by the time she went to trial, she was an adult. So you could argue that case. Then you factor in... Uh, the CCTV image, which everybody has portrayed, where she's gone out one way, come in another way, looking different. Uh, I think Kerry mentioned it. Where is the, the, the video of the child coming in and out with the mother? All of that could have been used. Then you go back to uh, social services themselves. Why didn't somebody know? I think TMJ mentioned it, or, or D Naturals mentioned it, about the reports. There must be reports somewhere written down. Um, somebody else mentioned um, about how much they're paying these people. In some instances, it's foreign nationals from Poland and Romania that don't necessarily speak the language. 
They will do anything for a job and they take on these jobs and they don't necessarily do the jobs uh, to the correct standard. Now, what I want to draw your attention... How many attention, points is that? Uh, what, None of that got brought up in any of the reporting. Right. Um, what oh, I, what, um, I, I mentioned this on, on my radio show earlier on in the week. Um, cast your minds back to uh, the baby P situation and the Victoria Climbia uh, situation, um, whereby they knew health workers went round there, found cigarette burns, broken arms, broken ribs, and all the rest of it. They knew. And, you know, the end of the day, Sharon uh, Shoesmith, I believe, who was the head of Haringey Council at the time, uh, lost her job who now, just five years later, is now director of something somewhere. Um, and right. that's the system that, that, that we are in. So yeah. until those uh, things are addressed, we're not going to get anywhere. Also, cast your mind back to um, Shannon Matthews, the girl who her mother um, hid her under the bed at the boyfriend's house for a couple yeah. of weeks. Um, and there was all this big media thing about she's missing. And then they found her. Um, she went to prison for three years and she's out. So this whole premise about um, uh, black women being uh, targeted is very much the truth. OK, it very much is the truth. And they will do everything that they can uh, to discredit us, uh, especially with this girl. OK, perhaps right. her actions didn't help. But, you know, we need to we need to look deeper. And just before you say what you want to say, Joe, I think this case isn't going to go away you're going to hear a year from now that everything that we've discussed this evening is going to come out where are the reports who signed what who was the head of this who knew so, somebody knew. bring it out some somebody knew yeah somebody knew but that's my point who's Maybe. gonna bring it? these things get brushed Maybe. under the carpet unless there is some underground movement such as like what we're doing now to say hang on a minute there's too much too much wait, wait. missing and I like the point somebody said about Madeline McCann in the chat. I like that point because that Madeline McCann, her parents, well-to-do, went on holiday, left the child, child disappears, and they haven't stopped looking. And they didn't put them in prison, did they? And they didn't, didn't take away the younger children. They haven't either. stopped looking. They That's made the more world. money with their daughter being missing than when they were actually working. Right. There is a different opinion in, in the group. Um, somebody said they should have got a lot longer in prison. I hope she does not have another child. I've heard this so many times. Um, I hope she does not have another child. How can she live with what she's done? This makes me upset and disappointed. She was a child herself. So you're going by numbers, you see? This is the thing. Even I'm still growing as a 50-year-old woman. I'm still growing from childhood trauma myself. And I'm really? still like an inner child coming out, reaching for people for therapy, talking to people because you don't know what it's like to have flashbacks. You don't know what it's like to be, have, be abused. And I was a child, the same as that girl. We were failed as children. And then we're brought in this adult world where we're having men taking advantage of our bodies. We're then suddenly pregnant with something we don't, we can't even bond with our own parents or relatives. We're going running away. You know, she was a child. You're going by numbers. Mm. She was a teenager, but she was 15 when she wasn't even at home. She was 14 
when she wasn't even at home. And nobody wants to investigate that part because that will that's where you're going to find the social services failed again. They failed miserably, miserably. And also, they failed because they moved her away from her village. Absolutely. They moved exactly. her away from her support. What crazy that was already a failure. That? The part that failure number one. We, if we were to write on a board, it would just be like one, two, three, okay, four, check this out. five, check this six. Out. I mean, Adrian went through six himself, much less all the add-ons that everyone else has added. How did this even get in the news? For They don't put shams and giggles on the news. I mean, come on. But just, I just wanted to say something that... Um, uh, the natural said mm. um, about a procedure, and I heard what TMJ was saying. Now, I worked in staff housing uh, back in the day, and I did 20 years straight. Mm. And um, there are procedures. If a client's gone missing, my first thing to do is I report it to the police. Whether the police want to hear me or not, I've done my job. You've done I your job, it to them. Then I write up my statement. After I've written my statement, what I'm just trying to show is with that with this little girl, where was the handover? Right. We do handovers. Well, when I used to work, we always did hand. Is that right, G? Yes. Yes, handovers. Afternoon staff, morning staff, evening staff, night staff, handovers. Right. Every single child that's in the unit. Right. I mean, there's an accounting. There's an accounting that goes on. I wanted to ask because I, I haven't, I haven't been in supported housing now for the last probably 17 years. Okay, but when I did work, I worked within mental health, and then I worked within uh, staff housing. And I know that there's a procedure. I mean, I don't know things have changed nowadays, so the I don't procedures. know if they, they forget the procedures now or they forget to do handovers. The procedures and... are worse. What are you talking about? The procedures have got cameras watching you. <laughs> it's all about numbers now. It's all about numbers. They don't care about the children. They don't care about the family. It's all about numbers and numbers and, and, the, and, the, and, the and the funding. Hold on a minute. Yeah. Hold on a minute, Nikki. No, I'm just going to say. So, I mean, so like you're in that job. I mean, so like most people, so not just for the pay, but you know, so because so you do care, and it is a duty of care. So like you're in the job, so like you follow prestiges because so at like the end of the day, you have got people's lives in your hands. You know, so whether it be so like the mental health, is it the physical health, or a combination of both? You know, so do your job, and so like don't so like push the blame onto the vulnerable people. Well, hot, that's well exactly Nikki, to, what done. to your point, Nikki, there is there is a duty of care. Jemmy, Jemmy, gone. You you have something to say? Well, for me, yet again, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame the establishment over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yes, this young lady was 17 years old. But her yeah. mental age was 12. Oh, yeah. oh I didn't know her that. Her mental age was between mental 12 age and 13, and it more than likely oh. still Come is on. now. Yeah? So the responsibility okay. is that everybody that I can see here on, on, on this Zoom right now has. A 13-year-old does not have the equipment. They are not built for this. No. no. Yeah? No. And the judge, yeah, yeah and I... I wish I could shot him a serious box right now. The judge didn't take none of this into consideration. And I know, you, you know, when it comes to sentencing, there are reports, you see. We're going back to what everybody yes. said. Dion said it. 
Um, TMJ said it. Pinky said it. There is a process. Before this yes. child was sentenced, there should have been a process that should have identified all of the things said by me and many others tonight. But for some reason, it's just gone, forget that. Let's just get this woman in jail. Yeah, that's, that's because, exactly You know child. what it is? Yeah. Still because, a child because, now. Because remember, it's, it's about your mental age. But you see, yeah. when you're doing a safeguard and referral, that includes everyone. Now, I know this part because they used to run rings around me when it came to safeguarding and my mental health and what people, what things were what people were doing to me. They'd rather protect the perpetrators than help those vulnerable people or children, okay? And I, I know when you do the safeguard and referral, then you've got the police involvement, as I said, okay? Someone's got to shut this down because they don't right. want to take that sort of responsibility. It's easier to portray her in a bad light, put her mm. out there. You all made your judgment what? already. You're all saying she deserves it, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm sorry. There are your friends and family around you, one in four people suffering from mental ill health that have these behaviour problems that you don't even identify. What? And okay? so Netzak says the more I listen, the more I think she may have been a victim of human trafficking. She was exploited. She so where's her self-exploited? Where she, was, was her sense of being? She didn't have that. So, so for all None those, those that are sitting there, so hold for, on, hold on, hold on, TMJ. Oops. And then Denise. Okay, so the more I'm listening to this as well, I'm actually going back to this, the, the point where I started off before. Having worked in both child protection, that's where I started off working in social services, where I worked in the Family Resource Centre, where all those reports were required for courts to either determine yeah. whether you a child was kept with their family or removed from her family. Having mm -hmm. that background, Having the, the, the supported accommodation background, I'm convinced that this young lady was in a supported accommodation that was for parents or children, young ladies or women and their Mother, children. Yeah. She was not in a social service establishment. I tell you why she wasn't. Sorry. Because, no, let me just finish. Let me just finish. Because those checks and balances cannot, would not have been missed. Those checks and balances would have had to be in place. In the supported accommodation, it doesn't have to be in place. It's a very different, it's a lightly touched up. So what I'm saying is, 100% she was failed by the establishment. She was not placed in the right place right, for her in the beginning, right. where she would get mm -hmm. the right support that was required so that those checks and balances would be in place so yeah. that if, should anything like this happen, they could be accountable for. It have so she was yeah. open to the trafficking, to all the other things that was available to get her because she was not in the right environment. Right, so she was failed. But she hang on, percent TMJ, you actually say something. Listen to what you say, yeah? Yeah. The only... Remember what you say. She was ward of social services. That's why that. she should have been placed in a place... She should have been placed in a place where they had those checks and balances in yeah. place. But they yeah, put but in the she wrong was ward of social services. Yeah, but they, they That's where, right. yes, but she had a care order and she had a protection order on her child. And that only comes from social services. Sorry. Doesn't come from unsupported um, yeah, you know, No, let me finish. Services. Let me finish. Those awards do come from social services, but there comes a point where they, they make a decision. Is it a housing issue we have? Or is it those issues? Yeah. And I see, I see all the time where people come to us, they have grave issues. 
They come to us based on a housing issue. We have to send them back, say their needs are too high. We can't look after these people. Yeah. I, I hear that. I hear what you're saying. But TMJ, I'm you're actually saying that when you have a care plan, TMJ, a care plan lasts until they're 25 years old. 25. Okay? That's one. Number two, the child had a protection order. That's two things. So you how can't, you can't get no more than hold that. On. So hold on. Can I just say that they was? Let me just let me just say to you. September 30th. They, they admitted. That's why she only got nine years. I know nine years sounds really. It's terrible. Oh, sorry. Long? No. Terrible. It sounds terrible. But listen to it. Listen to it carefully. She wasn't done on manslaughter. She wasn't done on murder. She was done on neglect. That was the only thing that they could find to actually ease. What I'm trying to say is that. Nine years, she'll only do probably five out of that nine yeah. years. Okay? Yeah, I know. But here, what I'm trying to say is, is that the nine years <laughs> is not really a lot for for lose for a child's death. Right, yeah, guys, but they had to go with nine, they had to go with nine years because they know because clearly in that report that Kerry looked at, it was no um there was no social worker assigned to her, her which she should have had because of the child protection. Can I just right, add? Okay, let me just okay. add and the baby one. should have had a social worker too. Let, let, let me just okay. add hold the on, final hold thing. On, hold on, hold on. The let me just get thing. Denise's view real quick. One second, Denise and then to UK, and then we've got to finish, a okay? Second. Go on, Denise. Yeah. you got to unmute yourself. All right, all right, let me say something. I had oh. a, this, this pisses me off, right? Because I would, I would love to give her a box in the head, yeah. At the end of the day, I had a child who was a teenager. I would never think of leaving my child. And my, of what was your runaway child? Home. Yeah, sorry? Was your runaway? No, but was I'm saying exploited? I was a teenager when I had my first child. Yeah, yeah. but was you exploited? No. Did you no. run away from home? Was you raped? No. No. So your mindset is different. Yeah, it's different. No, what I'm saying is, yeah. How can you carry the child for nine months, leave it in a house, go out raving when you know you've got a child at home okay. that goes probably... Denise, okay, okay. Denise, what about those mothers Denise. that suffer oh, no, wait, with... Wait, 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 wait. Denise, well, what if you don't understand that, it's a, that, that that child depends on you? What if your, what if your mental facilities are not... Grown well, enough to understand that to this child is depending oh, solely on you. Be Let me just put this in another way well, where you will understand. You, Denise, and I understand what you're saying, Denise, that there a child, she had a child, and maybe she shouldn't have had a child, but unfortunately in this world, anybody can have sex and have a child. Can I just because you have a child doesn't necessarily make you a mother. Let me right. just say something. Yeah. Right, Kerry, last word. What I'm going to actually say, because it might be a little bit more relatable now if I'm going to put it into another perspective. Anybody heard of the term postnatal depression? Yes. Uh, yes. Right. So what about those mothers, mothers, yeah, grown ad adults or whatever, you know, that disassociate from their child. Their child is there. They don't know about their child. And they their children. If they you, are you going to raise a child... If right. you are going to raise a child, raise a child, and you're the only one looking after that child, then you can say 
you'll never do. But if you are getting other people to babysit, to take weight off you, so you can go do this or do that, then you're saying you rely on somebody to help you. This young teenager relied on someone to help them. And please, look in your own house. If you did not, look at, we've lost somebody on this, this platform already. Same thing, relying on someone to help you. And if that help's not available, boom, they're gone, they're dead. She didn't take her life, she fought for a life that nobody wanted to help her with, okay? They neglected her for years on end. Nobody helped her. They failed not only that child, but the baby child too. And they're trying to cover it. So I'm just saying, when people have things like rape, and, and, and they're exploited, which you clearly hear. She was she a child. Is it okay? When you talk about paedophilia, you see, oh, how can a grown man do that to a child? Well, she was a child and she was exploited. And so how do you a child come back from being exploited? It takes years of rehabilitation. Years. Because I should know, too. Being right. exploited. There's many of us have been exploited. We say nothing. Right. We she just continue to she be exploited. Abused. We she say was nothing. Abused. There's no two ways about it. The young girl had been abused. She'd been through a lot. Her, her mental age, her mental capacity was just not there. She needed help. And the system failed her. And rather than blaming the system, which always says lessons will be learned, no, they tried to blame the child. And what we can do, let's turn this into a, a humongous positive, what we can do is figure out how we can help this young girl and her family give voice to this situation because otherwise what happens is it just gets buried and left. And they look like the villains and actually they're not. We have to move on, guys. It's been a great discussion. Phenomenal. I appreciate all the comments. It was a beautiful discussion. He's got a shirt on. He's got a tie on. <laughs> I figured you you guys were, were going to grill me, so I thought I'd make make the effort. You know, you got to excuse the, the green screen for some reason. He's the, got um, the green screen. Yeah, He's got I, it all. Yeah, I, I tried to put it on, but um, it, it, it wasn't working. So I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it. I'll work with what I've got. You know. Well, we are going <laughs> to absolutely sit back and enjoy the discussion that's going to ensue here as we uh, talk the things. Mm. Thank you very much. Very good discussion. Very, very good discussion. But as you know, we've got our very own member, member of Shamps and Giggles, Adrian. Welcome and thank you very much for taking part. Thank for, you for having um, me. Thank us you. for interviewing you today. So I know that most people will know who you are, but I'm just going to go back to basics. Sure. And I'm, I'm going to ask you, who is Adrian? Who are you and where you are from? All right. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm a little short synopsis of who you are. Okay. Everybody knows me as ISI, but my name is Adrian, Adrian Ashby. Um, I'm 47 years old, uh, originally from Hackney in Stoke Newington. Um, that's where I was uh, born and raised uh, to uh, two beautiful Bajan parents. Uh, so I'll be flying the flag uh, later on for um, dearly departed uh, Des. Um, and um, I had a uh, very, very humble uh, upbringing, um, as you would expect, uh, very strict 
uh, West Indian uh, household, uh, school Monday to Friday, um, Saturday school in, in some instances, uh, extra traditional uh, music mm. lessons uh, I studied. Um, then on uh, Sunday, it was church without fail. Um, and after church, it was a, a bus ride down to uh, Homerton <laughs> to a, a, another church, which okay. was a, a family friend, um, a lady uh, who helped raise my mum uh, back in the West Indies. Um, she used to go to a, a Pentecostal church there. And uh, she used to take me and my uh, brother to uh, Sunday school. Um, and that was my, uh, wow. my, my routine. Um, and then, as you can imagine, uh, you get home on a Sunday, um, rice and peas for dinner yeah. and um, homework, uh, polish your, your shoes and get your uniform ready. <laughs> and Monday morning, back to school. School. And, so you're uh, really humble beginnings, really yeah, grounded. That's, yeah, that's, that's your parents, very well yeah. grounded. Yeah. yeah, and they seemed like they were very spiritual um, they were churchgoers yeah. Yeah, and, they were. and going from way back. So yeah. what made you or did any of your parents or family members maybe back in Barbados, mm -hmm. make you think of going into the police force? Um, why, why did you think of that at well, that young age? Because you're young, you're young. So back then... Yeah, you know? um, it, it's, it's funny you ask that because um, I, I have, you know, in the past I've been to Barbados, um, you know, for holidays and met uh, family members and so on and so forth. Um, and my mum always used to tell me a story that I had, uh, a, I think it's a, a great uncle, which was her uncle, mm. um, who used to do what I guess we call um, bailiff work or debt, debt recovery. Yeah. Um, and she said that um, I was like reincarnate of this individual, you know. Mm. Um, she said even, she said, you know, I used, his name was Lionel. And, you know, I'd walk, in I'd walk in the house and my mum, you know, um, typical Bajan, she would say, look, 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 look at Lionel, you know, and I'd say, <laughs> oh, mum, leave me alone. because I never met this uh, individual. Mm. Um, but it turns out, um, you know, and I'm talking like 50s and 60s. This is the job that he, he had. He used to when people owed money to the post office and or whatever they owed money to. He was the the if you will, the, the local okay. debt collector okay. who would go round um, mm. and, you know, talk to people about when they're going to pay uh, and how they're going to pay. Um, so I, I guess it's it's in the blood. Now, to the to the question that you asked me, how did I, I get into this? Mm. Um, I, I should have been an architect. That's what I... Uh, I was going to ask you about that because I can't correlate you jumping from studying to be an architect right and then well, switch it to law yeah well what what happened was um i i, I went to uh, north london polytechnic uh, which is now uh, north london university uh down in uh, holloway road um mm -hmm. for those of you in london you know exactly where that is just around the corner from uh, arsenal football stadium and um i was uh in in my secondary school i was very good at technical drawing and things like that. So I could use the compass and the set squares and so on and so forth. So it was a natural progression for me to study architecture. Mm -hmm. However, when I got to university, the course, which was a seven or eight year course at that time, was all about, um, it was more art based. And I wasn't an artist uh, per se, if you know what I mean. 
they they were telling you to get paint and chuck on the wall you know like what Banksy does yeah. you know yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. write thousands of words Word, about yeah. how the, the the paint you know drops down Colors and drop, all, yeah, yeah, yeah all that and I, I'll be honest with you I I did three years and I just uh, wasn't interested um, mm. so my parents said well look if you're not gonna study um, you're not you're not gonna sit around here and just bum around and you know not do anything so yeah. you better go and look for a job so I, I went out there. Um, I think my first job came from the Voice newspaper, believe it or not, and it was for uh, a desktop publisher and print uh, assistant. So I went mm. for the job, got the job, and basically my job was to produce uh, the front covers for FHM magazine and Sky and Vox and all of the rest yeah. of it. Um, <laughs> one of the, the first uh articles that i actually worked on was mm. i don't know if you remember the x files the program oh, yeah yeah yeah, um, with, yeah. Um, the sci-fi yeah that's a sci-fi yeah, yeah. um the, the first front cover i ever did was uh, a picture of gillian anderson um when she was kind of popular for the mm. x factor anyway um worked there for about nine months you know went and bought my little xr3i as you do on tip Very nice. and um came in to, to work uh, one day and the director said, oh, gather around everybody, um, got some bad news. Uh, we're being bought out by, you know, a bigger company. Um, so basically as of 12 o'clock today, uh, none of you've got a job. Um, like myself being there for nine months, no entitlements or anything mm. like that. Um, you know, the old boys were getting pensioned off. And that the reason that happened was because uh, your desktop uh, printer became a scanner. So the work that we were doing uh, in these offices uh, for these clients, they could now do for themselves. So mm -hmm. it meant that we became redundant. So there I am, uh, I think I was 21 or 22, um, being made redundant after getting used to, you know, real money. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, went down to the um, local job center and uh, you know, spoke to the uh, assistant because I'd never claimed benefit at that time before. So that was completely new to me. And um, she said, oh, we've got some jobs for um, administration assistance with the DHSS, which at that time was Department of Health and Social Security, uh, which is now the Department of Work and Pensions, uh, mm. DWP. So I was like, well... Okay, well, I'll, I'll go for it and, and see what happens, because I was more worried about the money, not necessarily, you know, the, the, the job title. Yeah. Anyway. Were you living at home at that same yes, time? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, I was, I was With your parents. Okay. Um, so I, uh, I went for the interview, and I always remember it. I had a, a little pager at the time, because that's oh. what one had. <laughs> and I, I got the message to say, um, please contact this, this guy. Um, you've been selected for the job. So I rang him. Um, he told me to come in on Monday morning. So I did. So when I went into the office, which was uh, Arcola Street, if anybody knows Hackney, they'll know exactly where I'm talking about in Arcola Street at the end. Um, went down there, went into reception and they said, can we help you? I said, yes, my name's Adrian Ashby. I'm here to meet this man uh, about this, this job. And the lady looked at me and she said, oh, um, your your name's not down on this form. And I was like, well, that, that's not right. I've got the message here on the page. And she said, oh, yeah, this fellow, he does work here. Let me call him and, 
you know, see what, yeah. what, what the problem is. So he comes down and says, oh, great to see you, blah, blah, come upstairs. Um, he said, right, now I'm going to tell you, um, I've made a bit of an error. I actually interviewed you for the role of fraud officer. So oh. straight away, my face dropped. Uh, yeah. Fraud officer, you know, what, what does that entail? You know, obviously I'm 21, 22. Um, you know, I'm a good boy, but I'm yeah. a bit of a mover and shaker. You know, I know people, you know, and you're talking about fraud. I'm, I'm, that's not really what I'm, I'm here for. He said, don't don't worry. He said, it, it, it will be all right. Come upstairs, have a cup of tea. There's some other new entrants that are going to be doing the training course with you. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll sort it out. So I said to him, OK, um, can I use the toilet before we start? He said, yeah, the toilets are that way. So I went to the toilet. And when I came out, there was like some double doors and I kind of got disorientated and I went through the wrong set of doors. Now, when I went through those doors, that was actually an open plan office and it was uh, the income support uh, office and the job seekers allowance office where they process your claims. Now, I, I went in there thinking, oh, this is not. Uh, the place where I was a minute ago and I looked over and somebody said oi what are you doing in here and that person was actually uh, a chap called uh, Jonathan Smith um, aka DJ Spoonie oh my gosh uh, who I you know he, Spoonie lived across the road from me oh. um, so I, I went to school with a, a, a number of those uh, individuals and his brother was there and a couple other people and so many people from my school, uh, like the year above me and two mm. or three years above me, were all working at this DHS office. So he said to me, well, you know, what are you doing here? I said, uh, well, I applied for a job um, as an AA assistant. I figured I would be doing what you're doing. Mm. And he told me that I, I'm going to be on the fraud department. And he said, well, if they're going to put you on the fraud department, that's where you need to be because you get to go out and you see things and you investigate things. Otherwise, you're just going to be stuck here, you know, uh, at a desk, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, processing claims day in, day out. And that's the end of your job. There is no uh, progression. So I was like, oh, OK, well, someone's telling me that, that I know and I trust. Yeah. Let, let me uh, go with it. So he actually walked me back round to the office and uh, the rest is history basically. Yeah. Um, I, I became a fraud officer with them, which entailed um, checking people uh, who were fraudulently claiming money but working at the same time and not declaring it. Uh, we used to work hand in hand with the police. We used to go out to uh, what I guess you call a sweatshop um, and raid these factories where you would find uh, your illegal immigrants uh, working and, and claiming and cheating the system. Um, and we would obviously prosecute them and recoup the money uh, back from them. And um, I did that for about three years. Um, just like anything with these government departments, um, they change the law, then you get new management, and then that has a trickle effect yeah. uh, on how you operate on the shop floor. So all of the things that I like to do, i.e. going and kicking doors off and, you know, chasing <laughs> people and all that sort of stuff, you know, came in one morning, oh, we're, we're not going to do that no more. 
Um, <laughs> we're just going to sit and wait for, you know, the old fashioned telephones, the dial up phones. We had literally a red phone, which was called a benefit fraud hotline. Oh, and gosh. It would ring and glow red. And yeah. you answer that and say, you know, good morning, benefit fraud. Um, and they say, oh, um, my neighbor, I think her husband is a truck driver and she's working and claiming. And it's, you know, they're basically. Oh, right. Grass them up. Yeah, they grass them up. Yeah. I did that for about, you know, a couple of more months. Um, and I wasn't really feeling that it wasn't really going, you know, because I missed what I was doing. Mm. So. Um, again, looking in the voice newspaper, um, you know, looking for jobs. And that was when jobs were plentiful. I, um, I found a job uh, for a criminal intelligence officer at uh, ENSYS, which is down in uh, Tinworth Street, Vauxhall. Um, better, with, ENSYS stands for National Criminal Intelligence Service. Um, it's now been rebranded several times. Uh, it is now the NCA, which is the National Crime Agency. Okay. Um, so I worked there on the economic crime unit as a criminal uh, intelligence officer and also the West African crime unit, um, looking at, you know, suspicious transactions going to Africa. Um, we've all got those letters. Yeah. Uh, my, my uncle is chief somebody in Nigeria. If you give me your bank account details, I'll you can get yeah into your account yeah those are the yeah. sorts of things that i was uh investing but can i just interject before you mm -hmm. carry on when you're moving through your career path to yes. fraud and then the national crime agency sort of thing did you have to set or to do examinations to get that far or is it pure knowledge and your understanding a grasp of things to get to that um, yeah. There was, well, I was lucky that doing the fraud in the DWP um, yeah. allowed me to get a number of training courses that I didn't have that oh, were right. pertinent okay. to uh, going forward. Yeah, and then okay. when I arrived at the uh, uh, NSYS, um, because of the department that I was on, I needed access to things like the police national computer, okay. uh, which is still prevalent today if you ever stopped by a police officer when they radio through, it's mm. the PNC as it's referred to what okay. they use. Um, then also, because I was doing um, economic crime, I needed to understand uh, certain um, terminologies that they use in the economic world okay. uh, when applied to uh, fraud. Um, mm. So one of the training courses uh, was called alert. So basically, it taught you to understand the difference between um, hypothesis and, and things like that. So, you you know, you're creating a picture. So when you see um, any sort of detective show and they've got, uh, you know, this is the suspect and he's known to that person and then they draw a little arrow, it's called an eye oh, yeah. chart. So that is something that is actually real. And that's okay. the sort of things right. that, they, okay. that, that they taught you and put you on those uh, training courses uh, to do. So I was quite fortunate that um, I, I, I got those. Mm. Um, Moving forward uh, from there, again, pretty much the same uh, rhetoric, three years in and, you know, society changes, the job mm -hmm. changes, new management, and then you find yourself at that sticking point. And, you know, I wanted to do things with what my life at the time, and that was to buy a house and get out from, you know, under my mum's yeah, yeah. You know, when it was still affordable for a single person to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I started looking around again, 
and um, I found a job with uh, Lambeth Council just down the road as a senior housing investigator. Um, cutting it short, that was pretty much the same as benefit fraud. It was just that you were looking at housing where people were subletting their council okay. and making money uh, from it. Um, that lasted, again, because I was on the agency, to be fair, um, about nine months. And within that time, I had my, my son um, just come into the world. And um, the, the task that I was given was actually to kickstart uh, the unit because the unit kept shutting down and all the rest of it. And me and this girl, we went in and straight away we, we started finding that uh, Lambeth in particular did a lot of unsavory things back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, so we were knocking on doors and saying, oh, we, we come to talk about your tenancy. Mm. And people were saying, what are you talking about, mate? I own this house. I bought this house in, you know, it, 1988. Yeah, and yeah. that became a pattern. And mm. we went upstairs, me and this uh, girl, and said to the manager, look, you know, we keep stumbling across a uh, similar type of thing. And um, she said, oh, don't worry, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll look into it. And by the end of the week, we were called into the office and told, that um, they're going to disband the unit again. Because. And basically, I'm out of a job again. Yeah. So, um, you know, went home, scratch head, you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Uh, spoke to my best friend. Um, and I remember sitting with him. We, we went to this bar and he said, look, mate, you're messing about, literally, like that. So what do you mean? He said, why don't you join the police? They're looking for black guys right now. This is the time. Don't worry. And I said, nah, 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 nah. I've, I've worked with them all the time. When I was at NSYS, you know, my boss was chief superintendent and all this. Nah, I, I, I can do the desk work, but I, I don't want to be putting on the uniform. That's yeah. not what I want to do. And he said, nah, mate. He said, you, you, you know, you've got your boy now and, you know, you bought a house. And don't worry about what people think. Do you, you know? And um, I said, I said, all right, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try it. So I went home. Um, I got the application for the Metropolitan Police and I applied and that came straight back. And they said, sorry, at this time we're we're full. You know, we've got like a team yeah, waiting uh, to get in. And yeah. they, I said, oh, all, all right, then, because the lady rang me and she said, oh, hang on, hang on. Don't go. I, I just want to tell you this. She said, if you're um, living in London at the time I, I was, she said, um, the options are, if you can't get into the Met, try City of London Police or British Transport Police. So mm -hmm. I said, well, what's the difference? And she said, to be honest, it's just the name. Um, oh, yeah. The yeah. money is exactly the same. The training is exactly the same. Um, the, the Probably the biggest difference is between the three, the City of London, as you know, only police, the square mile, this, yeah, yeah. yeah the uh, whereas the Met controlled the whole of London. And um, the British Transport Police travel up and down the, the whole length and breadth of the country mm. on the railway network. So I was like, oh, oh, okay then, fair enough. So I sent off for both applications, as she told me, and um, the British Transport Police uh, one came up first. So I applied for that, and within, uh, literally, Keith, within five days i had um acknowledgement yes we've received it uh, when can you come for an interview oh, well, wow. monday and um the rest was, was history. history 
Um, wow. So within, given that, you know, you have to go for a lot of stringent checks, mm. um, what normally takes 18 months to two years took me about eight months before wow. I actually had uh, a start. Because of your past credentials. Yes, as, as, yeah. as well, yeah, yeah. Very good. Um, Very and, good. and, you know, the fact that I, I'm, I'm a black male, that was mm. what, uh, you know, Indeed. minority, that, that's what they wanted at the time. Mm. Um, and this is 2003. So, um off I went uh, to training uh, down in Ashford, Kent um, for uh, three months to do my, my full police training, uh, which, you know, was the law, um, fitness, uh, riot training, um, handcuff and baton training, restraint technique, everything you would expect uh, that a police officer would learn to do in training, um, I, 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 I did. Um, and then... Um, you're, you're, you're let loose out on the street. Out on the street with, after yeah, that. With, yeah, with a, um, a uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a What they call a tutor constable. So mm. somebody who uh, has been in for three or four years, comfortable um, in the uniform, and, you know, you walk uh, side by side with them. You know, you often see two officers uh, yeah. walking down the street. Um, they're the senior officer. You're the junior officer. And you're there to um, protect and serve. Protect and serve and learn. Yeah. Uh, and, but and, did and, you and find and it difficult? But back in them days, mm-hmm. I'm actually sure in my youth days, mm-hmm. if you saw a black police officer, you would be cursing them. We yeah, would be cursing oh, them. We would be of, cursing of them to of, the of hills course. on the street. Of course. So did you face any of those animosities back um, in your days? To, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Yes, Joe, well done. Thanks that, for that, sharing. Um, uh, that, that picture there is actually me uh, on parade day. That was the day that uh, what they call passing out yeah. um, when, when you finish your, your training. So that's your, uh, your Sunday best, uh, if you will. Um, and if you're ever in front of the chief constable for any misdemeanor, uh, that's the, the, the dress that you must wear, uh, full tunic. Uh, they call it. So if mm. your uh, sergeant or inspector comes in and says that uh, you've got to go and see the big boss, full yeah. clinic, uh, you know that you're. You know what it is. Uh, yeah, you're 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 in problem. You know. Um, yeah. But to, to answer um, uh, your question, um, mm. uh, answer it in in reverse. Um, the uh, the problems that I I, I face with uh, my fellow uh, black man, if you will. Um, came from the youth, okay, mm. um, the modern day youth. That's where the, 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 the problem um, that I faced uh, yeah. came from because, you know, you, you, you've seen them on, and remember, I'm on the train network, okay? Mm. So let's say, and, and I was based at Liverpool Street, and this is why I'm going to answer the question backwards. Yeah. Uh, let's say I get on the train to do a train patrol and I, um, I get off at Gidea Park. Or Stratford. As I get off the train, you know, and that was before uh, they built the Westfields, and so it was still the old-fashioned network, network, uh, yeah. not much cameras or anything like that. As you get off the train, you can smell cannabis and whatever. You look over, and there's a couple of young black boys, uh, you know, smoking a spliff on, on yeah. the, the, the train station. So naturally, you're going to approach them to talk to them about it. But they're, they're full of attitude. Mm. Okay, they know the law. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're a sellout. You're this. You're that. You should be ashamed. And 
like I say, when, when I'm looking at these youngsters, I joined the police when I was 30. So I'm looking at them thinking, well, you're just 16, 17, you know? Mm. So for me, it was uh, water off a duck's back sort of thing. You know, it never actually phased, uh, you. phased me in, yeah. in, in that respect. Um, on the flip side, based at Liverpool Street, uh, which is obviously Bishopsgate, I was actually based in the City of London police station. So you come out of the police station and literally walk straight into Liverpool Street. Liverpool Street. Mm. Um, but if I wasn't on a, a train patrol and I was in the van or the car or even a foot patrol, um, my route would take me up Kingsland Road into Dalston High Street. Because if you oh, know your manor, right? You're near enough for your manor. My manor. Yeah, That's yeah. where I grew up. Dalston Kingsland Station is one mm. of my stations, as well as Hackney Wick and all of the other stations that, you know, off of those branch lines. Yeah. So um, I had no problem. Um, and again, it's something that you should never do. You should never police the area that you grew up in for obvious reasons. OK, um, it just so happened that where I was geographically placed because mm. I was on the rail network, to me, it didn't really matter. Yeah. And um, like I said, uh, I had done a number of years in fraud investigation and all the rest of it beforehand mm -hmm. where my friends and family were fully aware of what I did. So before I actually joined, I went and I saw a few people and I said, look, I'm going to make, you know, a, a, a really big step. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm, I'm going to join the police. Yeah. And everybody gave me a thumbs up and said, yeah, we need people like you in there, man. We know you, you, you would do us right. So, yeah, we, you know, we support you and, and, you know, go for it. So that also instilled confidence uh, within mm -hmm. me. So, as I say, it wasn't uncommon for me to walk down Dalston High Street on any given day of the week and see uh, my parents, friends who, you know, saw me as a child going to church and they would say, wait, you're Miss Ashby's son. Yes, she did tell me you joined the police. Yes, it's good to see you doing something. Help yeah. round up these young boys. And yes, that's good. So, you know, it, it, everywhere I went, you know, people were, you know, hailing me. I'd be walking down the street. People doo -doo, in their car look like, yeah, I recognise that man or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. So it, it was great for me. So I never had any, any problems at all, um, mm. you know, walking up and down that network. Um, yeah. If you know the, the geographical layout of that, uh, probably two miles up the road is the infamous Stoke Newton police Stoke station, Newton. Yeah, um, yeah. which I then had to, uh, when I arrested people, sometimes you'd use Stoke Newton police station uh, and, and, and go into, which is another uh, experience within itself, you know. Mm. But um, mm. as I say, I, I never had any issues like that. The, the issue that I had walking up and down the high street was that when I'm with, uh, you know, a, a white colleague, yeah. Um, and uh, people are sort of, yeah, Adrian, yo, how you doing? Blah, 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 blah. They became nervous. Mm. Yeah. Why are you so popular? How do you know all these people? And I grew up here. Yeah. And you find that these officers live out here now where I live, you know, Ipswich, Chelmsford, Colchester. Uh, they have no understanding of London and yeah. what goes on in London. They don't understand the culture. Culture, and, yeah. And they yeah. don't understand our culture. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. You know, how oh, to deal with. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's done yeah, something culture. wrong, and 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 that's it. 
And mm. um, I, I had this conversation before, I think it was with um, Jemmy when we met um, down at the, the mansion uh, some months ago, um, where, you know, like I say, I would, uh, you, you get a radar for it. Yeah, I get off the train, I can smell cannabis, but I know matey that I'm working with, you know, he's too overzealous. <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay? He's yeah. looking for a rest. Rest, uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. And, and I'm looking and I'm thinking, boy, that's a 15 year old boy, like, you know, so I would quickly go to try to, you know, sort of say, listen, talk. Yeah. Mm. Put that away. Let me know what you've got. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm really interested in that. I'm not going to give you a criminal record for a bit of what dust you've got. In, mm. in a bag. But if you've got any knife or gun on you, I'm taking you. So, yeah. and that's where you get the, the, the sort of, oh, you know, you sell out, you sell you And I, I adopted a, uh, a system where if you're going to handle me like that, then, you then switch, I'll change. And, and I'll let my white colleague deal with you. Yeah, deal with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to pull pull them close up to the air and say, you know, deal with me or deal mm. with him, mm. you know? And it worked, you know, it, it, it worked. And, I, and I'd like to think that uh, I'm not making excuses for them because we all make mistakes. Um, mm. But being, for me, being in there, I could understand fully how our young black boys fall foul of the system from a very young, young age. age. And once you've got that first tick in the box, you're game because mm. you're going in, yeah, whether they give you, you know, cannabis street warning or whatever, they're going to fingerprint you. Um, these boys now cover themselves in tattoos. They take pictures of your your tattoos, so they know everything about you. About you. And yeah. over a course of the years, they're building a file against you, pretty much like the discussion we've had earlier with this young girl. You know, they, they build a file, and then when it's time for them to drop the hammer on you, they will got, easily uh, do. Yeah, yeah they've got problem. a big file like that that they can, oh, well, look, look at his past or her past history. They've done this, mm. they've done that. So definitely jail for this yeah. individual. Yeah. And um, it, it's, it's mm. uh, you know, people often ask me, do I regret going in there? Um, no, I don't. I'm glad that I, I went in there because I got to see what someone like Goes yourself. Uh, yeah. From the inside. From, from, from the inside. You, you mm. don't see uh, what, what goes on. Um, mm. You know, uh, many, many times uh, sitting in the back of a police car, just driving around cruising, you've got the sergeant up front driving and his little lieutenant, you know, yes, Sarge, no, Sarge, you know, and mm. I'm just, you know, I guess typical black man, isn't it? I'm sitting yeah, in the yeah, back. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. sitting in the back. I've got a uniform, same way, but, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting in the back, you know, and um, you hear the sergeant say, there's a couple. What do you, what do you mean, there's a couple? And, and where you, when you look, you realise, you know, it's two black boys standing yeah. at the bus stop with their rucksack, could be going to college or coming from college. They're not doing anything wrong. Mm. You know, there's a couple straight away, the insinuation yeah, that yeah, yeah. Uh, something bad is, is going to happen. Let's turn them over. You know, the old fashioned double sus double laws sus, where, yeah. you, you know, you're in a bad area crime is happening, you're game for it, you know, mm. which is the whole mm. reason why you now have the modern day stop and search. But the stop and search carries the term reasonable really? grounds to suspect. So that would mean you have to see them do something before yeah. you can suspect yeah. them of doing something, you know? Um, and and uh, yeah, some, some, 
So yeah. how long did you stay? How long did you stay? I did. Place? I did uh, seven years in there. Oh, seven years. Yes, yeah, se seven years. Um, mm. I, I reached the dizzy heights of um, part one sergeant, which uh, I was given the role of because uh, it was funny. The PCSOs, you know, people refer to them as plastic cops. Oh, they right. had just been um, implemented in 2004. Um, and there was a whole lot of problems with them. Um, police officers didn't like them because, in essence, they were earning more than an entrance police officer like myself, okay. uh, straight out the box. And depending on whether you worked for the City of London, uh, BTP or the Met, um, they were given handcuffs as well, which meant that a PCSO could restrain you for 35 to 40 minutes waiting right. for a fully fledged, fully fledged uh, officer, officer. Um, to, to come. Now, mm. that caused problems because 99% of the PCSOs that joined were people that failed the police exam to get in. So the PCSO thing was the next best thing. And when right. they came in, they came in too heavy-handed. They had you know, a three-week training course, there you go, there's your handcuff certificate, and that's it. So it wasn't uncommon for me to hear, um, you know, urgent assistance on the radio, you blue light and you get there, and then, you know, it's two little black boys handcuffed down on the ground, and you're like, what's going on? Well, he, he did this and you did, and, you know, and members of the public say, look, you know, these guys were a bit heavy-handed, they weren't doing yeah. anything, and that officer just slammed him down to the ground. And when you start working with them, you start to get to know Mm, yeah, yeah, and, and who yeah. Is, you, you could see the ones because even mm. with their uniform, they tried to dress like police officers. You know, they got on a lot of keys around their waists and gloves around their waist. So at a glance, Joe Public will think, oh, that's a police officer. Police officer. Yeah. It's only when you get close and you see the badge police community support officer, you realize, mm. oh, you're just a plastic one. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And, and that yeah. caused a problem. And, and that's not to say that. The, the youths didn't know what they needed to know because they used to terrorise them mm. uh, as, as as well, you know? So you moving forward from leaving the police force, mm -hmm. um, did you automatically think, you know what, um, I've had enough of the police mm -hmm. and what's going on internally? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if there was something that, I don't know if, if the right word is to encourage you to, to move on because you didn't like what you saw in there against um, either the black people in, in the police force in general to move privately? Right. Um, well, um, to, to answer that question straight up, honestly, it's the, the, the phrase that has been coined um, as a result of the McPherson report oh. and the Stephen Lawrence um, uh, killing. Yeah. And the bottom line is, it's plain and simple, it's institutional racism. Wow. It's nothing more, it's nothing less. OK, wow. so wow. like I say, I'm um, five years in and, you know, um, every time I go for the sergeant's uh, exam, bearing in mind I was part one, as I said earlier, simply mm, because yes. they, gave, they said to me, oh, we wanted, we've got a, a new team and we want them to police Dalston and Kingsland and that area. Do you want to do it? I said, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. So I became their supervisor. So yeah. I would then act like a sergeant with a view to becoming a, a sergeant. sergeant. Okay. But every time the, the, the exam come up, yeah, Sarge, I'll, I'll go for it. No, you haven't got enough arrests. You haven't got this. You haven't done that. Just the, the, it was being, the best way I could describe it, it was like being at school again. Oh, mm. headmaster want to see you. 
every morning I walk in, hey, governor's looking for you. What now? You know, oh, yeah. you, you you made an arrest uh, yesterday and this wasn't filled blah, out. Blah, Sorry, blah. Gov, can I interrupt you? I wasn't on duty yesterday. Mm. Oh, well, they said it was a black officer. Well, oh, so, yeah. it, it, it wasn't me. It could have been a black officer from the Metropolitan Police where if you're ever arrested, you must be conveyed to the nearest possible police station. Yeah. You understand what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if a black officer from two miles down the road, uh, you know, at Stoke Newington, had yeah, just arrested something. somebody around the corner from Bishopsgate, it's a strong possibility, it, and I know what happened, because he's just arrested the person and yeah. not his station, he's just gone in and done the bare minimum. Yeah, yeah. Sarge, oh, I've got to get the car back, the governor's after the car, and they're like, all right, go along, we'll get one of our guys to process it. So automatically, yeah. I'm the black officer, it got to be you. Yeah. And as I say, it was like being at school. I found myself every other month up in front of the chief constable, you know, oh, yeah, you've got to go and see the chief, uh, put your tunic on and all yeah. of that. And, and that's when you, you start you feeling un yeah, uncomfortable. If yeah. you, uh, I'm sure you've seen it, but if you saw the Small Axe series that yeah. uh, featured uh, about uh, Leroy yeah, Logan, Logan yeah. Um, yeah. I, I watched that and I sat there with my mouth open for the whole two hours of that because that was basically what happened to me. For you, yeah. Word for word, point for, it's like somebody took my life and put it on, 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 on the screen. The team, I, on I, screen. I just couldn't believe yeah. how accurate it was and how, for myself personally, uh, how, how it, it represented what, what, what I went through. Mm. Um, and, because... and yeah, like I say, I, I just got to a point where I've had yet another tribunal coming up for another nonsense. And um, my so-called uh, union rep um, just disappeared. <laughs> so I'm now left to go to these meetings uh, on, on my own. And um, one of the dates was cancelled and it was put forward to, I think it was January 2010. Um, and I said, all right, then I'll, well, I'll go to it. And also um, what had happened, we had had the London bombings a uh, few years back, uh, 2005. Now, as a result of that, uh, they put out a, a kind of blanket power that meant no police officer could have annual leave. Didn't matter oh. what rank. So you had loads of, the whole of the country was- Locked uh, be on, on guard, yeah. On, on guard, so nobody had annual leave. Now. After a, a couple of years, people were saying, look, it's been like two years. I've not had annual leave. I've got children. I've got this and all the rest of it. And the government had to roll over and say, right, create a list. And whoever put in their annual leave from first, let those people have their annual leave. And not yeah. only that, their annual leave in their full entitlement. Entitlement, wow. Right? So for me, when my turn came around, I had about three and a half months worth of annual leave. So... I said to the sergeant, well, I don't, I don't really want to take it now. He said, no, 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 it's come down from upstairs. You've got to take it now. Oh, went, oh okay. okay. So what that meant is uh, September, October, November, December, and I'm back January, uh, January 9th, 2010. Wow. All right. <laughs> yeah. So this is significant. So anyway, in that time, one of my colleagues uh, rang me and said, oh, 
they finally pulled the trigger on moving from where we are because again new people come in because of the bombings got a load mm. of money from the government so they set us up in uh, a derelict building across from pentonville prison on uh, caledonian road just up from king's cross um so don't go to liverpool street when you come into work go straight to cali road i was like okay now that caused me a problem because i'd now moved out here to colchester and i that would mean i have to travel into Liverpool Street, where I just and walk across the road and I'm at work. You know, oh. that's not going to happen no more. Got to go down on Central Line, go around the houses, jump off Piccadilly Line, you know, a couple of stops, and then 15, 20 minute walk to get to Cali Road. So the first morning I did that, I just, I was just like, oh, I don't know about this. Because I'm, I'm, I'm disgruntled, you know? Um, so anyway... I walk in there and the building's still being retrofitted and no space for nothing, no computer, no desk, no whatever. And um, met my, my my colleague and um, he said, oh, this, this is a bit much. Let's let's go for a smoke. I said, all right then. So, because I don't know the building, I've never been there before. So we go out these fire exit doors. There's a couple of other officers out there. And as the door opens, this sergeant lady comes in. Now, she was my union rep that had disappeared. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And I looked at her, you know, I'm fresh in my fresh uniform and everything. I said, oh, morning, Sarge. You know, because it was kind of like, it was a shock to yeah. see her, like, where you been? Kind mm. of thing. And the look on her face, literally, the colour drained from Drop. her face. And she was like, oh, uh, 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 oh, oh, uh, 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 what are you doing here? I, I heard you left. <laughs> I said, no, Sarge, I'm very much here. And she went, oh, uh, 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 all right. And she was going that way. And she quickly about turned and went that way. The other way. And yeah. my colleague, because I was holding the door for her, thinking she was coming in. She doubled back on herself. And uh, me and my colleague went out. And my colleague said to me, he said, you know what, Aid? I think you're done, mate. I said, you, well, you just saw what happened. That, that would tell anybody that, yeah. that I was done. And mm. he's like, boy, I, I don't know what you're going to do. I said, boy, well... I'm, I'm going to sleep on it. But her reaction was enough to let me know that next week now, when I'm due to go up in front of the chief constable, mm. they're going to sack me. Yeah. On, on yeah. some sort of reason. The ground. Right. Yeah. 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 They, they, yeah. Know, they're going to fabricate something yeah. to, to get rid of you. Out. Um, and, and if you look at uh, the situation with uh, Robin Williams, uh, you know, obviously last year getting dismissed, then yeah. she's been reinstated and now they're trying to get her dismissed again, again. it's come yeah. up again that's the sort of thing that you you are faced with when mm. when when you're in there and one of the things that uh i always prided myself on is i've never been uh arrested i've never been in trouble my fingerprints ain't nowhere and by this point now i've got 12 or 13 years behind me mm. in this world of law enforcement which I felt was very valuable and I didn't want it to be tarnished in any particular way. You imagine uh, I'm sacked from uh, the, the, the police force. What job am I going to get? Yeah. yeah. You could get sacked from any job and come round full circle and, and get a, you know, a job somewhere. But if you're sacked from the police, your credibility is finished. And the fact that you're black as well, you know, yeah. 
and I, I went home and I slept on it. And I said, nah, mm -mm, no way. And I went in the next morning, I called my inspector, who was a new inspector to me, but it's a shame he wasn't my inspector beforehand because I might have held on. But I pulled him to one side and I said, look, Guff, um, I'm, I'm going to have to give you my notice. And, you know, he tried to convince me to stay. Well, you never know, it's 50-50. You might go in there and they just give you a slap on the wrist. I said, nah, I've had too many slaps on the wrist. Um, yeah. And I don't think uh, I'm getting a fair crack at the whip. So I'm going to use my inner gut and my inner feeling. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to leave you lot job to you lot and make good elsewhere. Um, and, and the, you know, obviously the idea of becoming a, a private investigator was always uh, in, in the back of my mind. Um, so I, 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 I resigned. Um, and then that put you towards your private investigation work? Well, um, I tried. Um, I, 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 I did set up um, something similar to what I got now. Um, obviously, I didn't know what I know now. But mm. um, that was at the time of the credit crunch. So, you know, work was sparse. No one's spending any money. Um, and I fell into debt recovery. Um, so I did a number of debt recovery roles. Um, I became a, a certified bailiff and so on and so forth. Um, and I, I just kind of toured that circuit for the last six or seven years doing different roles. Um, I did some accident investigation roles. Um, I did close protection. Um, I got my CCTV license, my door supervisor's license. So I did bouncing work and I just stayed within that uh realm if you will yeah um, where the private investigation uh thing came into it um i would say is probably when i i started working uh with kerry um where she had her uh private situation and um i assisted her with that and that's when all of my skills then started to come out right. um, you know, right so it's like your juices it. started to flow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, um, last year, I, I, I took the plunge just by a cruel twist of fate. You know, you see these adverts uh, come up, you know, set up your own business and take out a, a bank account with us. And that's literally what it was. And I thought, Brilliant. OK, why not? Let, let's let's do this. Let's put this all together. And slowly, that's what, what I've been doing. Um and I, I will say uh, COVID hasn't helped. Um, you know, pe people obviously been at home self-isolating and stuff. Yeah. Um, but slowly, even joining uh, this platform with you guys, um, there's been a number of people on here that have contacted me privately um, and put work uh, my, my way. So thank you to those people. Oh, that's very good. Uh, know, know who they are. Um, and um, locally, uh, you know, people sort of know what I've done and, oh, mm. can you help me? And, you know, can you look at this and that? Um, and just within the, the, the last two weeks, um, a couple of things have changed and I've got quite a few inquiries, uh, one of which um, is to help a young man who, um, I don't want to say he was wrongly no, no, no. convicted, um, mm. but he's currently in prison at the moment. Um, and his plight is part of the wind rush. Um, okay. You know that uh, Jamaican nationals in particular 
and mm. being sent home uh, once their sentences. Yeah, yeah, we just uh, heard it. Yeah, yeah, are, are finished. Um, so I've been asked by his family to look into to that and see if if there's anything that I can do. Brilliant. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to ask you something because. I yeah. thought that someone was going to come and help me with questions. Oh, right, okay. They've, they've jumped ship. Okay. I have to wake them up a little. But Joe yeah. said it's like stereotyping being in the police force and the issues that you've had yes. with black and white, especially yes. with your sergeant that yeah. got ashen face, gone white, and then walked yeah, out. Yeah, 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 you yeah, knew, yeah. You knew there was going to be an issue on there. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. and then Pinky said that, um, so you did close protection training Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, as, yes. as she, as so did Pinky. All right, Pinky yeah, yeah, yeah. As well. yeah Pinky so uh, mentioned that uh, yeah. to me. I mean, one one of uh, my my duties, I actually did royal protection duty. So oh. I stood about ten feet away from the Queen at Euston Station uh, on, on more than one occasion when you know she gets on the train at Euston um, and then goes off to uh, Balmoral. So yeah, yeah. as transport police, and she's got her type close protection officers with her arm mm. and everything, but we're on the station. Um, we, we sweep the station literally for all kinds of implements, any sort of terrorist activity and so on yeah. and so forth. So, um, yeah, I did that actually in the police. And then when I came out, um, I, I managed to get the SIA license uh, and done a few roles. But that, again, um, was kind of a very elitist type thing. Um, I was never a firearms officer within the police. So it meant that the, the, the guys who were in the army, mm -hmm. they've got their firearms training. They were getting all the jobs with the big Russians okay. and Arabs coming over because to Because they've got the license they and got the, the training. Licence, you know, so. Yeah. Um, but I, you I, still got up there. Nothing yeah. taken away from you. You, you studied okay. well from where you got from. Um, you, you fell into the, the, the yeah. fraud side of things by yeah. by applying for one job and then yeah 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 by, by default yeah yeah by, yeah, default. by default and then you, by merit mm -hmm. you, you've done it yourself and you've yes. taken the plunge to to go into the police force yes. and apply and then keep applying and you've done well for yourself yes. and yes. for me you you wear plenty hats yes i know a lot of people may not know but you you do a, other things in the background um, your little community Ipswich community radio station as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do a show. Yeah, yeah, I do a show on there called called the Crime Lab. Yeah. Um, I've been doing that for uh, just uh, probably about uh, two years now. Um, there's been a large gap um, due to COVID because we couldn't mm. go uh, into the studio. Um, yeah. And um, I, I wasn't set up. Um, at home, you know, my, my DJing days are long, long gone, so I don't have. Well, I've uh, heard you spinning some tunes on there, mate. Some yeah, 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 yeah. Old I, I, school soul. I've, I've heard you, so don't come with that. No, yeah, well, well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've got the music on, on my laptop, you know, I, yeah. I'll, when I remember something, I'll download it and put it away. But as for um, turntables and <laughs> all, all the fancy stuff that you and Jemmy have got, um, I, I don't have uh, anything like that, you know? Um, but um, yeah, I, like I say, I've only just gone back uh, into the studio last couple of months yeah. and I've had a couple of weeks away because I, I had COVID myself, so I couldn't go in now. Um, so uh, Tuesday this week was, was the first week that I've, or first day that I've been back um, in, in the studio. Um, and, and the show is basically just being informative about what is happening crime related yeah. around Ipswich. Uh, and the surrounding communities, but I, I tend to veer off 
um, with like the story that we were talking about earlier. Um, I, I, I mentioned that on the show. Um, anything that I think is relevant um, yeah. and what people would want to listen to. And I try to give my own take on it in particular from a, a, a black man's uh, point of view, yeah, you know, yeah, because we yeah. all get, you know, the one dimensional news. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like I say, because I've been in there, I see the little yeah. bits that Joe Bloggs don't see. And I like <laughs> to make people aware that, listen, this is what really, really uh, goes on, you know? Yeah, so you've done very well. And I'm very impressed with your, Thank you. I would I would say, with your accolade of, of, of accomplishments. Thank you. So you've done very, very well. But I'm going to finish on the last question. Uh-huh. Uh, last, I just wanted to ask you a question because <clears throat> I didn't realise you were doing this until wow. I stumbled across it when um, other people were talking. You write in a book. Or yes. You've written a book. Yeah. No, I, I haven't written it. I've I've started uh, wow. to, 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 to write a book. Um, and that's um, based on my time in the police. Um, I've I've chosen the, the title BTP, which yeah. uh, stands for British Transport Police. However, um, I've stolen that, uh, you know, a, uh, acronym from them. And yeah. I've called it the Black Token Policeman. Um, and, uh, I, I, I want to, uh, yeah, I, I, that's, that's me in, in my, my riot gear on, um, one particular football day, um, whenever it was probably 2006, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to, I mean, you know, several people have, uh, written books about their time in the, in the police and so on and so forth. Um, but I just wanted to tell my story um you know Leroy Logan's done his and then it's been turned into the the small acts series and stuff um the the stories uh will be similar um but it's it's an individual point of view and an individual uh perspective there are things that I saw and witnessed that I know uh many other people wouldn't have seen uh for argument's sake I was a uh, first responder um, at uh, uh, Edgware Road Station. Uh, oh, in the bomb? For, for the London bombings, yes. Oh, right. Um, and I, I received a commendation later on for work and services uh, on, on that on day. On that, so, that day. Um, you know, there, there are things that I, I saw and witnessed that nobody should have to see. No, uh, yeah. You know, um, for, for whatever reason, you shouldn't have to see those, those things. But uh, at the time, that's what they were paying me to do. Um, and that's what 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 I did, you know, to, to the best of uh, 